Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Chronically Fulfilled Life podcast. I'm your host, Alyssa Trulove. In this episode of the podcast, we are honored to be joined by Dr. Kirstie Griffiths, a Canadian chiropractor, yoga teacher, and best-selling author based in Guelph, Ontario. Dr. Griffiths has dedicated her career to helping people with chronic pain. She is passionate about helping people overcome back pain through a holistic approach that combines chiropractic care and yoga. In today's conversation, we answer the question, what is chronic pain? We explore the intricate relationship between mental and physical health, investigate how mental and emotional well-being can significantly influence pain levels. Additionally, Dr. Griffith shares various tools and practices that can be instrumental in managing chronic pain effectively. So whether you're listening to this while driving, curled up on the couch, or anywhere else in the world, get ready to learn because you won't want to miss this episode. Before we dive into today's episode, it's important to note that the content we discuss is based on personal experiences. And we want to emphasize that this is not medical advice. Always consult with your healthcare professional for personalized guidance on your unique journey. I'm your host and chronic illness bestie, Alyssa Trulove. And this show is dedicated to honest and realistic conversations about building a life you love while navigating the challenges of chronic illness. There is no room for toxic positivity here. And I promise you, I will never claim to have a magic cure for your chronic illness. But what I will do is share my real life stories, provide genuine strategies, solutions, and invite some incredible guests to support you along your journey. You're listening to the Chronically Fulfilled Life Podcast. Hello, hello. I am so excited to welcome. Kirsty, Dr. Kirsty Griffiths to the Chronically Fulfilled podcast today. Welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I am so excited to be here. Now, I need to share with our listeners why I wanted to bring you on the podcast today and why when I was creating the podcast and everything, I knew that you needed to be a guest. So, Kirsty, it does not have a chronic illness herself, but she has spent her career dedicated to helping people with chronic pain and is consistently learning, creating better processes and systems such a, to support her clients and community. And how much more aligned with that with chronically fulfilled life can you be? So thank you so much for being here because I know you have so much insight to share and so much knowledge that will help our community. It's my pleasure to be here. Yes. Okay. So just to kind of share with our audience a little bit, if you want to share a little bit more about yourself and your journey to becoming the doctor you are today. Yeah. So I am a chiropractor. That's my designation. But I always lead by telling people that I'm really passionate about helping people overcome chronic pain using a mind-body approach. So it integrates chiropractic and yoga. 
And this sort of developed over the last five years of my career, realizing that this is really the group of people that I love to work with, you know, people who have had long-term pain, so not necessarily a new issue, maybe people who have tried other types of treatments in the past and found that they haven't been successful, and people who really understand or, you know, acknowledge that there is this connection between mental and physical health. And, you know, some people, when they first come to see me, they might not be aware that that's the case. But usually by the time we are on that path and working together, that's a really big, important piece of healing for people is is recognizing the overlap between those two realms. Thank you for sharing. Yes, definitely something that is super important and can't to learn a little bit more about. Now, let's talk a little bit because I would love to hear from you. What would you say is the definition of chronic pain? What really is chronic pain? Yeah, so from a a medical standpoint, chronic pain describes any sort of pain that has lasted for longer than three to six months. Now, there's a number of different things that can be causing that chronic pain. Uh, Sometimes it can be from a chronic progressive condition. So, for example, something like rheumatoid arthritis, where we know that there is, you know, a structural change that's happening to the tissues in the body. We can take an X-ray or an MRI and we can see the, the changes to those tissues that might be causing that pain. And in other cases, chronic pain is something that is mostly mediated by our nervous system. So this is really the area that I'm particularly interested in working with people because this is the conundrum for a lot of people in healthcare. These are the cases where we can be experiencing pain, you know, that's lasting for weeks, months, years. And this is often where those diagnostic tests fail to show us anything that would explain why there is pain. So, you know, the most common situations we see here are imaging studies, x-rays, MRIs, where everything looks normal. Or, you know, we might see some things on there, but they would be things we might expect to see in someone of that age, where some of those people have those changes that you can, you know, see some arthritis, but they have no pain at all. So then it begs the question, why for some people, you know, can they have an x-ray that looks perfectly normal, or something with, you know, some minor, minor changes to those joints, but those people are experiencing a very high level of pain. So those are, we can sort of talk a little bit about the differences between that, but the, the definition is any pain that has lasted for longer than three to six months. And the way that that works in the body is entirely different from if you sprained your ankle, you know, a couple days ago, and that's the kind of pain that you're dealing with. That is so interesting. And something you said that I want to just thank you for acknowledging is a lot of the times and fellow chronic illness warriors, spoonies, those that experience chronic pain can relate to and how frustrating it is when your tests come back normal, but you are still in this immense amount of pain. So thank you for acknowledging that and validating that even if your tests come back normal, you can still be experiencing chronic pain. Absolutely. And it's, I think over over time, there's been this sort of message that's come from that, that says, oh, okay, well, if everything looks normal, 
everything's fine. So it must be all in your head, right? How many times have people described to me, I can't tell you the number of times patients have said, I'm starting to think it must be something wrong with me and that I'm making it up because they're none of this is adding up and there's no, there's nothing that's showing, you know, proof, I put that in quotation marks, mm-hmm. that I am experiencing this pain. And that's extremely frustrating for people. So, you know, one of my roles when I'm working with people is providing that support and that validation to say, yes, the pain that you're experiencing, it's extremely real. It might not be something that this particular test is showing us, but it is a very real experience. And that's the thing that's so complicated about pain is that we don't have a lot of great tests at this point to objectify pain. It is such a subjective experience. One of the most reliable ways that we have to measure pain is by asking someone, how much pain are you feeling on a scale of zero to 10? It's the classic test that's given in hospital, medical, healthcare, chiropractic settings because Currently, it's one of the best ways that we have to understand someone's pain. And that makes it hard. (laughs) It does, for sure. And especially when everybody's pain tolerance, everybody's levels, everybody's quote-unquote normal looks so different. So, for example, if mine is I'm regularly at a four or five every day and that's my normal that I can live with, or maybe somebody that doesn't consistently experience chronic pain, that might be it for them, right? So like you said, it's so subjective of what the pain is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, I love that you dive into the connection between the mind and the body, because I think that that is super powerful. This is a conversation I have had many times, and it just, it shows that there is this connection and how powerful it is. So I would love to hear your kind of thoughts on that. And I know it is something that you practice and teach and help others see the correlation. So what do you feel is a big connection between the mind and the body? Oh, there's so much, so much I want to say on this topic. So first of all, anytime we're looking at, at someone's health and well-being, our tendency is to look really specifically at the symptom. But we're people as a whole, like we go through life and and there's so much that impacts our overall health. So I'll give you kind of a classic example of this. When people come to see me, I'm a chiropractor. They're usually coming to see me because they have pain. Most commonly, it would be back pain. And so when they come in, they're expecting that I'm going to ask them a series of questions that are really specific to back pain. So when I start asking people questions about Have you experienced any stressful events in your life recently? You know, how are you sleeping? Is that something that gives you any trouble? What is your diet like? Do you have any physical activity that you're doing right now? How are your relationships? Do you have family? Like all of these things matter so much because there is so much overlap in the regions of our brain that process pain and that pain can be physical or it can be emotional. <laughs> and we know that chronic stress also has a, a variety of different ways that it acts on the body. It changes hormone profiles. It changes the release of certain chemicals that have effects on all of the tissues in the body. And it, it raises our baseline level of inflammation. So 
there is like a direct connection between chronic stress or experiencing a stressful event and experiencing physical pain. So for me, asking those questions is so important because if I'm only asking about someone's pain and if we're only ever treating a pinpoint area, you know, if I'm doing an adjustment to the lumbar spine, because that's where it seems like the pain is coming from. But let's say, you know, the person that I'm working with is going through a really difficult separation and that's causing a lot of stress for them. Maybe they're experiencing financial stress. You know, they're not sleeping well at night because they're having anxiety and so their sleep quality is poor. The body is never really getting time then to regenerate. And it's impossible at that point to be able to successfully treat that pain without looking into those other areas of that person's life. That is so important. And thank you for sharing that because it really shows that there's more than, like you said, if you're treating that one area where they say, I'm in pain here, it can be connected to so many other things. Now, on that same kind of topic, talking about the mind and the body, when we talk about mental and physical health, so mental and physical health, and I totally believe that they are super, super connected with what we do, where, like you said, if you have pain in an area, yes, I'm validating you have the pain there, but it could be tied to other things. What have you noticed or what is something that you see between those two relationships? Yeah, so I'll give you an example. Let's say that you are experiencing anxiety and this might not even be something that is diagnosed for a lot of people. They experience anxiety, particularly in the last few years with everything that has gone on in the world with, you know, living through a pandemic. When we experience anxiety, it changes how certain uh functions are occurring in the body. So, you know, if you are feeling high levels of stress or anxiousness, the tendency is to hold more muscular tension. And for a lot of us, we are sort of going through our lives on autopilot and not always hearing or paying attention to what we're feeling in the body. So it's really interesting because if I'm working with someone who has, let's say they have chronic neck pain and I'll be feeling into some of those muscles and there is an actual low level contraction that is happening. And sometimes people don't even realize that they're doing that, that they're holding on to that muscle tension. And it's not until you give someone a cue, like, for example, tapping on that muscle and saying, relax right here, that they realize, oh my gosh, I didn't even know that I was holding that tension or that, you know, contraction there until you asked me to release it, and now I can feel the difference with that. So that's an example of how an underlying mental health condition, whether it has been diagnosed or not, can have a direct impact on why we would see that manifesting as musculoskeletal pain. Wow. Just everything that you're saying is, it just feels so powerful. And I think a lot of people listening, including myself, it's a lot of these things also just seem very validating. And I know for myself and my own medical journey and other warriors that I spoke to, it's not always that way, right? It's just, it's not always that way. And thankfully in the world, we have people in the medical community like yourself that are hoping to bridge the gap between the mind and body that aren't just looking at a lab result and saying, okay, well, like your x-ray is good. See you later. You know, 
it's digging deeper and looking at, okay, what is, what are the next steps? Or let's dive into that deeper. How can this connect? And it just, it really shows as you further investigate your dedication to helping people with their chronic pain. So I just want to say thank you. Just everything that you're saying is just, it's so educational, but it also, what's the word I'm looking for? Brain fog. <laughs> it is just, it just hits home. It really, it really hits home. So thank you. Yeah, I, I think that's, that's really important for people. And what's interesting, if we look at the research for what treatments are the most helpful for people that are living with a chronic, you know, or specifically in this case, talking about musculoskeletal pain. But some of the things we've already talked about that you would expect can be helpful. You know, manual therapy can be helpful, chiropractic treatment, massage therapy. But a couple of the other most impactful treatment tools are education and reassurance. And you can see why those matter so much, right? Because if number one, you have no idea where your pain is coming from. You have no idea what's causing it. It's very hard to control that if you don't know what's triggering it in the first place. And then that reassurance, that validation piece, like you mentioned, that just being in a safe space and having someone be able to say, yeah, everything that you are explaining is real. And having compassion for people who are experiencing the challenges that go along with that. Sometimes like that is enough that that can make a huge difference. Never mind any kind of medication, any sort of intervention with treatment, just having the experience of feeling heard and seen and understood. That's the remedy sometimes. <laughs> that's the medicine. A hundred percent. Cause even hearing those words or having a conversation like that where you are validated or you are told that your pain, it is real. It is not all in your head. It's almost like this, like, like you can breathe again because not only are you suffering from chronic pain or chronic condition, but on top of that, you are going through the mental struggles of, am I making this up? Is it more than it should be? Is it not? Which in turn is then affecting your body. It's like that, the circle, a cycle, right? Now, I want to go back on something you said. You said multiple, what was the type of pain you said? Multiple something with it. Musculoskeletal? Yes. What does that mean? Yeah, so that is referring to any kind of pain that is stemming from muscles, joints, nerves, tendons, ligaments. It's that system in our bodies, the musculoskeletal system. So I wanted to make that distinction because that is, that's my scope as a chiropractor. Some of what I'm saying may or may not translate to other chronic conditions. So let's say you have a chronic liver disease or condition that causes pain. That might be different in terms of what the most successful treatments are or what the recommendations are. So I just wanted to, to clarify that when I'm talking about chronic pain, my scope and my, my area of expertise is specifically when we're talking about Muscles, joints, ligaments, tendons, nerves. It's that system in the body. No, that's perfect. I was just, I was listening and I was like, ask because if I'm thinking this, I'm sure somebody else is what that is exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. Now you kind of started chatting about it a little bit, but in your opinion or your experience, what are some other tools or 
practices that can be used in managing chronic pain kind of on a daily basis. Coming back to that mind-body connection, some of the best tools that I have seen in practice that people have responded well to are those tools that address mind and body. <laughs> so I love yoga. I'm biased. I'm a yoga teacher. I you know, have seen the profound effects that this has had in my own life and in my own health and well-being. And that's actually what sparked my interest in introducing this in a clinical setting to, to patients. But the research supports that too, that we know that any sort of mind-body exercise, whether it's yoga or tai chi or meditation, these are all really helpful. So yoga may or may not include a physical component. Now, if you're actually doing physical movement, you get the, the medicine of the exercise piece, right? But what's interesting is that even in the absence of movement, so let's say we're doing meditation and that's happening in complete stillness, there are still so many health benefits that come from the practice of meditating. So we see changes in, you know, vital measures like people's blood pressure, heart rate. Those things can actually be measured instantaneously. So seeing those things shift within a few minutes of someone practicing that meditation. And oftentimes that is an effect of how our breathing patterns change when we're in that meditative state, when we are intentful around trying to shift into relaxation and rest. Often there will be cueing in a yoga class or a meditation to take a deeper and slower type of breath, which is different from what our breathing pattern is when we're not consciously thinking about it. And immediately when you start to change that breathing pattern, it has effects on the cardiovascular system. So it changes how quickly our heart is beating. It changes our blood pressure. It changes actually where blood is being directed in the body. So as we shift into that part of our nervous system that it's designed to help us rest and heal and focus on digestion, the blood flow is redirected from the muscles to the digestive organs and to other areas of the body that we can really only access when we're in that restful state. So it's really neat to see the widespread effects that come from these mind-body tools. But these are really, for me, I think this is the piece for people that if they have tried strictly physical types of remedies in the past, like exercise on its own, there's absolutely benefits that come from movement. But again, it's tying in that intentional piece. It's tying in that focus and that connection, paying attention to what's happening in your body and being able to access that rest and relaxed state. That is such amazing advice because yes, not that doing the physical, that's obviously going to be good for your body. That's going to help it in a way. But tying in that mind element can make such a difference and really kind of benefit both parts. Okay, the breathing. Because I know breathing is such a big thing and you were kind of talking about that. Now, if somebody, and I'm kind of putting you on the spot here so you can totally say no. If somebody were at home right now listening, and I know I've been told this by yourself and other people that breathing exercises are super important. And like you said, breathing, not just like we're breathing air right now, but doing that. How would you direct somebody to kind of channel that or work on like taking a proper 
breath if they were doing more of that mindfulness. There's a couple cues that can be helpful for for practicing this. And I want to preface this by saying, if you've never breathed like this before, it can be really challenging. Like I remember having a patient who is coming in for an acupuncture treatment. I always pair my acupuncture treatments with guided meditations. I have a series of them that I've created that are happening while the person is on their their acupuncture. And I remember coming back uh, into the room after leaving someone to rest for about 15 minutes. And she was frustrated and she said, that was hard. Like I was trying to follow the pace of what you were suggesting for the breathing. And it was, it took so much effort for me to actually be able to breathe that slowly. And I said to her, you know, have you ever done a breathing exercise like that? She said, no, I haven't. And I said, it's like any other new skill that we are learning. We are not intended to be the experts of it right from the beginning. So with all of that in mind, <laughs> just take what I'm saying with a grain of salt if this is your first time doing any sort of breathing exercise. The most basic principle here is just slowing the breath down. So you can do this even by counting your inhales and exhales. And if you allow your exhale to be a little bit longer than your inhale, again, it's going to help with this shift of moving into that parasympathetic nervous system, which is that part of our nervous system that helps us to rest. So if you count an inhale for one, two, three, four, five, exhale for one, two, three, four, five, six. And you can repeat that. You can, at the beginning, sometimes it can be helpful to actually use a timer. So you could be looking at a timer or you can close your eyes and you can just count in your head. But having that sort of rhythm of counting so you know how quickly you're breathing in and out can be really helpful. The other specific breathing exercise that I love is called a square breathing technique. So the way that this works, and I'll go through it, we'll do a little practice one together here, but you basically breathe in, you hold your inhale at the top for a few moments, and then you breathe out. And then you hold your exhale at the bottom for a few moments. So that's why we consider it a square breathing. So you're going to inhale for a count of one, two, three, four. Hold the breath for one, two, three, four. Exhale for one, two, three, four. Hold the breath for one, two, three, four. And you repeat that a few times doing that square breathing. And again, within one to two minutes, most people will start to notice that there is a, a shift that's happening with the state that you're in and with how you're feeling. That is incredible. Thank you for sharing that. I know that is going to be helpful for so many people. But even the knowledge point that you said at the beginning, saying it's like any skill you're learning, because I'm that person, I would do it and be frustrated that, okay, I can't breathe. Like, I'm not good at breathing. <laughs> but like you said, it's, it's a skill that you're learning like you would learn anything else. Exactly. So I think that that is amazing. Now, you have taken a lot of this knowledge that you know to help people in so many other ways. Locally, where we are in Guelph, you have your practice here. But not only that, you created ways that you can help clients and individuals all over the world with their chronic pain, which can I just say is amazing because to be able to connect with somebody that aligns with you on your healthcare journey, they're not always going to be in the same area. 
So to be able to have those resources wherever you are. So two things that I would love if you shared about, because I think that these could be very helpful for people, is you have your 12-week online program, and then you also have your online membership. So did you want to share a little bit about kind of what that is, who it's for, all that? Absolutely. So these, both of these programs are available online, which means they're available regardless of where you're located if you're listening to this. Now, these two programs are designed for different stages of your journey. So the Yoga for Back Pain program is really designed to be used as a tool earlier on. So this is for people who maybe they've never done yoga before. Maybe you've done yoga, but now you're having pain that is you know, presenting an obstacle for you and you're not sure what movements might feel good, which ones not to do. Maybe you're feeling a little anxious or nervous about doing exercise at all because you're currently living with pain. This is an amazing tool for this stage. So this 12-week program, I say it's 12 weeks because that's actually how it was designed when I taught this in person. But again, there's no specific timeline to follow with the online. It's 12 classes that you get access to from the moment that you register for the program. So you can move through those as quickly or as slowly as you want. But my suggestion for people is to do one class a week to give yourself time to allow some of that information to settle and to be able to apply some of the educational topics that we go through in that class. Because the program is not like a drop-in yoga class that you would go to at a studio or you know watching a YouTube video. It is very specific for spinal health and pain management. So it's really tying in that clinical piece. A lot of what I was, you know, dispelling to patients in our appointments when I was providing advice and guidance on how to manage back pain and how they could self-manage it. It's all of those little clinical pearls that are bundled into that program plus the yoga piece. So specific poses, specific modifications, cueing that is all designed for back pain management. Now, the other program that I have is called Mind Body Daily, and this is an online membership. This is really designed for the later part of the journey. So let's say you've been living with chronic pain for a long time now, but you really understand your condition. You know what feels good. You know what doesn't feel so good. You feel like you have a good handle on the pain triggers, and you're looking for more of a maintenance sort of piece. So taking you from, I feel like I'm fine, to that health optimization. How do I feel as good as I possibly can? This is really designed for for you if you're in that phase of the journey. And this is, it's a membership. So it's a monthly subscription to a library of different classes and trainings that are a lot more varied than the Yoga for Back Pain program, which is really specific for back pain management. But the Mind Body Daily program has some classes that are for pain management, but it also has, you know, yoga classes that are geared toward if you are feeling like you want a faster paced, you know, more of like a sweaty type of class, or if you're feeling like you want to have a restorative class, or if you're pregnant, there's prenatal classes on there. There are basically different categories. So we've got yoga classes. We've got meditations, again, all different topics or designed for whatever state you are either in or a state that you want to be in. We've got health and wellness trainings. So that goes from everything from 
you know, learning how to get a better night's sleep to how to set up your desk at work so that it's more ergonomic for your back. It's all those different kind of facets of health that we touch on in there. And then I have an expert guest series where I bring in other uh, experts in the health and wellness field to talk about very specific topics in mind-body health. So it's you know, a, a library of so many different resources, but that is, that's the membership. And again, just depending on where you're at in your journey, two different, really great options for you. That is incredible. And I will make sure that we include those links in the show notes. So if you want to learn more about those, you can go and learn more because I think that this is such a helpful tool, especially the mind body daily. And being able to kind of tap in and have resources to use on the daily. I know that she's like on the daily and part and incorporate into your life. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. It was like, how do we make this, you know, accessible so that you can form a sustainable habit around mind body health? So they're little snippets. Some of those classes are an hour, but some of them are five minutes and they're all labeled based on the length of time. So the idea is if you can do a little bit regularly versus doing a lot, but only doing it every once in a while, you're going to get more benefit from doing a little bit every day and having it be sort of a consistent part of your life. And that was the whole uh, vision behind that membership. <laughs> oh, I just, it's amazing. And you know what it makes me think of when he said sustainable and like habits. Have you read Atomic Habit? Yes, that was okay. honestly like the foundation for building this membership. It's one of my all-time favorite books. And so many of the principles from that book by James Clear are woven into that membership. <laughs> yes. Like if you haven't read it, it's such a great book. I'll include that in the show notes too. But it is really about how to create like Kirstie was saying, sustainable habits in your life and how to change the mindset around it and habit stacking. And if you haven't read it, go and read it. Or listen, you know what I've actually heard a lot of people say? I personally, I like to read books, but I've heard a lot of people say with that book, listening to it on audio, it's also a very great way to absorb it as well to kind of get through it, to get the everything there. Another option for you there. Yeah. <laughs> I want to thank you so much for being here today and sharing your knowledge and your perspective and all of the different things that I know myself. I'm walking away from this learning more. I know that our community has learned more as well. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Alyssa. It was such a pleasure to talk to you today. Yes. And are there any last things that you want to leave or you know what? I'm going to share and I'm going to ask you a question, but I'm going to reframe it kind of how I asked it. So typically when I, at the end of our interviews, is I always ask when, what would you tell yourself when you were younger? So when you were first going, experiencing your chronic illness or at the beginning of the journey, but I would love to hear from you. What would you tell somebody at the beginning if they are starting to experience that chronic pain or their chronic condition. Is there anything that you would kind of tell them, any stupid advice or anything like that? Yes. I'm going to share something that I I tell patients early on in their journeys 
as a way to kind of reframe an, an important reframe, I think, with chronic pain. Oftentimes, our brains are very black and white. Like they like to see things as either being there or not being there. And so if you're at the beginning of your journey with experiencing chronic pain, your brain is either going to notice that you have pain or notice that you don't have pain. And if your experience so far in your life has been that you don't have pain and now you have pain and it's there all the time, that's very frustrating. And I want you to know I hear you and I see you. That's very frustrating. The mistake for a lot of the you know traditional treatments or the objective with managing chronic pain is that we can't always promise that the pain is going to completely go away. And if that's your goal, if that's your benchmark for success is getting to a point where you have no pain and you never experience pain again, you are constantly going to feel like you're failing. It's not always about never having pain again, because also we're human and it is part of the human experience. But what is so different in the management of chronic pain is when you don't feel like you have a handle on it, it can feel like pain is controlling you. When you learn how to manage your chronic pain, how to control those triggers, how to bring more things into your life that provide relief, it helps to tip the scale a little bit so that chronic pain might be a part of your life, but it gets to a point where you're living alongside it as opposed to having it take over you. And to me, I think that is such an important way of looking at the future if you have chronic pain, is knowing that there are going to be days where you have flares. There are going to be days that are challenging and there are going to be times when you continue to have pain. But over time, knowing that it is possible that you can have less pain, that can be you know less intense, that you can have pain that doesn't last as long when it does show up or that your flare-ups can become fewer and further between, that makes such a huge difference for your quality of life. I'm trying not to cry right now. Because that is so powerful. And this is why I needed you to be on the podcast. This is why I, when I put my vision board out, I put it here because that is so in alignment with what chronically fulfilled life, what we are all about here is helping people build a life alongside their chronic illness, chronic pain, chronic illness, because like you said, it is, it is going to be there, right? It's a lot of these things. They can't always be completely. And I'm always the first one to say, I will never say I have a magic pill or the cure or some supplement, like it's going to erase it. But just the way that you framed that and you shared, thank you for that because it's incredible. Now, if you want to get into Dr. Griffith's world, if you want to learn more, check out the show notes because all of the links are going to be down there. Thank you so much. And until next time, we are sending you love, hugs, and of course, all of the spoon. Thank you so much for joining us and listening to this episode. If this episode inspired you or you connected with it, we would love to hear from you. Can you do us a favor? Take just two minutes to leave us a review. Your words can make the world of a difference on our podcast journey. We genuinely appreciate your support hit that subscribe button and click the plus sign at the top to follow us. That way you'll be the first to know when a new episode drops. Trust me, you won't want to miss the exciting content we have in store. Remember, you are not alone on this journey. 
Until next time, sending you love, hugs, and all the spoons.